Let's open our Bibles to the book of Psalms, the 112th chapter. Psalms 112, uh, this particular verse I have had uh, written down and in my notes for weeks. I don't even know how far back, but I, I hope that the Lord will help me to share a little bit about what uh, he has impressed upon my heart. Psalms 112 and verse number 7. The writer said of this man uh, that he is referring to, blessed is the man in verse 1, this man that he's talking about, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid. And everybody said, Amen. I want to talk to you for a little while tonight about being unshakable. Unshakable. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I think most of us are wise enough to know and mature enough to know that living for God does not exempt you from trouble. Living for God does not exempt you from human problems, does not exempt you from sickness, disease, heart attack blood pressure problems, and you name all of the other things that can go wrong in the human body, living for God does not exempt you from that trouble. Neither does it exempt you from many other disastrous things that can happen in life. Economic woes and uh, uh, weather issues that were just mentioned. It rains on the just and the unjust. Uh, we, we do not control the weather patterns, and so we have to live through a lot of stuff here on the Gulf Coast. We are not exempt from crime. It's amazing, but good godly people have their things stolen and wrecked, and uh, they, they, they have people hack their bank accounts and cheat them out of money from their credit cards. and It happens to the good as well as the bad. You Living for God does not exempt you from disastrous news. And that is one translation of evil tidings, disastrous news. When I thought about that, I, my, my mind, it, it, it kind of, exploded, that trying to comprehend what that speaks of, what that statement represents. It, when I think about it, it, it sends a shudder through my heart because it represents the darkest apprehensions that you could imagine, and it represents the the, the greatest forebodings that could come to a person's heart. When you hear the phrase, evil tidings, 
you are talking about uh, a world of hurt that can come in many, many shapes and forms and fashions. And be as positive as you want to be. It is not always easy to live in such times and to deal with such trouble. As a matter of fact, it is the opposite. It is very easy in hours like that to become overwhelmed by the news of the day. When I read this verse of Scripture, I thought about the the, the words of an old song, I sure could use a little good news today. It seems like every time we pick up the newspaper or turn the radio on or hear any kind of the broadcast of our world, the anecdotes that are spoken, the news that is shared is not very encouraging. It is certainly an hour of evil tidings. And we understand that the best of men have to endure evil tidings. In such times as this, men run to a lot of different things. There are people who run to drugs and some run to alcohol. Some run to pleasure and some panic. And many are fearful and many doubt what God or what is happening in their world. But here in our text, the psalmist speaks of one who is undeterred by such times. He speaks of one whose life is not phased by evil tidings. He is not afraid of evil tidings. What a powerful statement to be made about an individual, that he is not afraid of evil tidings. No matter how dark or foreboding the news may be, this man is unshaken and he is unshakable. He is undeterred. There's something about him that separates him from the rest of men and he stands as a beacon for such times as which we live in. When I read this psalm, I thought what an anecdote to the times in which we live. A time when evil tidings are more prevalent than good tidings. And when there isn't a lot of good news to hear, not only economically and socially, but even personally and family, we get news on a daily basis that wants to knock the props out from under us and take away our joy or steal our faith from our heart. And so we look into a world that is darkened by bad news. And here we see a man standing, a man who in spite of everything that could have knocked the wind out of him, he is still standing. He is still praying. He is still worshiping. He is still faithful to God. When I read that psalm, my heart said, God, that's the kind of man that I want to be. That's the kind of person that I want to be in the hour in which we live. 
that no matter what the news may be, there is something that is unshakable, something that cannot be taken away, something that cannot be stripped from me. And that is the kind of heart that I want, a heart that cannot be shaken. Let me share with you for just a few moments tonight what I believe the answer to troubled time is. And it is so simple, and yet it is so profound. No matter what circumstances and rumors might be, bad news, reverses, losses, disaster, famine, war, the world is full of all of that. But there are times when we need to see a man or a woman who can stand up to such times and still keep praying and still keep worshiping and still keep serving the Lord and doing the things that they know they ought to do. Clearly, we could all use a little good news today. Well, I have some good news for you. I want to give you some good news tonight. That in spite of the times in which we live, it is possible to know a life and to live a life that is unshaken by the troubles of the time. The song that is represented here in Psalm 112 describes to me the most desirable state of mind that a person could have toward life. To be able to hear evil tidings. To be able to receive evil tidings. To be able to absorb bad news and still be unshaken. To not panic. To not tremble or fear. To be without Uh, being thrown off of my stride to be able to stand. This man has found a secret for troubled times. And the secret is so simple that it almost is lost in its simplicity. He said, I shall not fear. I will not fear evil tidings because my heart is fixed. Everybody say that with me. My heart is fixed. So much is in that one statement. My heart is fixed. Translators differ as to what that passage means. When they try to define a fixed heart, they found it hard to agree on exactly what the psalmist had in mind. There were, there were those who said the word fixed means firmly established. There were others who said, no, it means that you are settled. Somebody else said, no, it means that you are prepared. Somebody else said, no, you are not just prepared, but you're suited for the time." Another one steps up and said, no, that word means that you are standing up, that you are on your feet, that you cannot be knocked down off of your feet. 
Another one cries, no, the word means unmovable. It means that you are set, firmly set, and you are not wavering one way or the other. Now, I don't know about you, but I like all those definitions. That's the kind of person that I want to be. I, I want to be a man I, that, that's settled. I, I want to be a man who is prepared. I want to be a man who is suited for the time. I want to be that person that no matter the news of the day, it, it doesn't shake me. It, it doesn't sway me. It doesn't alter my determination. It doesn't change my feelings. I, I am set in my mind. I am fixed in my heart. I'm not going anywhere. Amen. And nothing's going to take me away. I think you understand very well the plan of the enemy. The Bible describes it in this way. The enemy comes in like a flood. Amen. That's, that's the way that the enemy works. He comes in like a flood. What's interesting about the case of Job is not the troubles that came, but it is the succession of which those troubles came. The Bible says that one servant hadn't even got through speaking when another servant shows up to tell him something else has gone wrong. And before that one finishes, another one shows up. That is how the enemy works against us. If he just threw one thing our way, we could handle that. But he doesn't throw one thing. He throws a multitude of things. He comes at you from every direction. He comes from before you and he slips up on the back side of you. But here is a man. The Bible said that no matter which direction the devil comes from, he is not moved. He is unshakable. He is undeterred. He is not swayed. He is not in a panic. He is not throwing up his hands, saying, I quit. I'm not doing this anymore. Something has been settled. Somewhere down in his soul, he has settled something. And when he settled those things, it fixed his heart so that nothing could move him. Amen. He was fixed. Everybody say he was fixed in his heart. Fixed in his heart. Amen. Fixed in his heart. People want courage to deal with things and to put stuff away and to let go of old lifestyles. But that courage begins with a fixed heart. Amen. Courage is the byproduct of a fixed heart. You cannot have courage without a fixed heart. It has to be settled. It has to be fixed. It has to be firmly planted. It has to be prepared. It has to be settled. Everybody say it with me. A fixed heart. Amen. Come on, say it with me. A fixed heart. People who are not fixed in their heart are weak people. They are unstable. They're like Reuben. Reuben was the son of Jacob. He was a blessed child, and he had great potential. 
He was one upon whom great blessings should have come. But the Bible says of this one, Reuben, I believe a firstborn who had a great blessing upon his life. The Bible said you're unstable as water and you will not excel. There are a lot of people in the world in which we live right now that are like Reuben. They have great blessings and they have great potential, but they're unstable because their heart has never been fixed. They've never settled some things and said, you know what, this is where I stand and I'm not moving from this place. This is what I believe and I'm not backing up on this. This is what I hold to. This is what I am. This is what I'm always going to be. Amen. Praise God. This man found the secret for troubled times and that was a fixed heart. They cannot be moved. They may be narrow, but they're strong. Amen. They may be obstinate, but they're dependable. Praise God. Fixed. Everybody say it again. Fixed. Fixed. That's the secret here of this man's life. That's where courage is found. That's where determination comes from. It comes from a fixed heart. A heart that is not afraid or troubled or worried because his heart has been prepared. His heart has been suited for such times as these. They are depending not on themselves, but depending on the God that they serve. If you will wake up in the morning and read the Word before you read the news, you'll find that every day will go a lot better. Amen. How do we keep from the fears of the hour? How do you keep from the faithlessness of the hour? You've got to fix it. And if you fix it, you can face it. That's as simple as it gets. You ought to write that down. Fix it. And you can face it. Amen. Settle it. And it doesn't matter what news comes tomorrow or next week or next month. It's fixed. I'm not moving. I know what I am. I know whose I am. And I'm not going anywhere. Amen. Let's talk about some areas of our life where we need to be fixed. We... We need a preparedness. We need to be set. I believe, first of all, it is in the arena of our duty. Everybody say duty. That means my responsibility. I don't care what kind of news comes your way. You need to always remember that you're a child of God, so you ought to act like a child of God. Your duty... Your responsibility, no matter what the news of the day is, first of all, I'm a child of God. And so I want to learn how to respond to this as a child of God. No matter what happens, I want to act like a child of God. The psalmist said, I have set the Lord always before me. That's the secret to a fixed life is if you keep the Lord always before you. I don't wake up in the morning and decide, 
Am I going to live for God today or not? I fixed that a long time ago. I don't even have to get up in the morning and ask myself if I'm going to be nice today. Hello. If I'm a child of God, I ought to always be nice. I don't have to get up in the morning and ask myself, am I going to use bad language today? I fixed that a long time ago when I said yes to him. I changed my vocabulary. I don't conveniently pull out those words when I want to use them to express my frustration or my anger. I'm a child of God. I fixed that. Amen. My responsibility, no matter what the news of the day is, to be a child of God. I have set the Lord always before me. I will not be dishonest to make gain. I will not lie to win anything. I will not give up a principle to save my life. I will not compromise my stand to make somebody else feel a little easier around me. That's where we have to be fixed. And the man who was able to stand evil tidings was a man who had already determined what he was going to do. I'm going to act like a child of God. Praise God. I'm going to be a child of God. I don't have to get up in the morning and ask myself, or when something bad happens, how am I going to respond to this? I want to respond as a child of God. Now, does that mean that I always get it right? No, but I'm not going to quit just because I don't get it right one time. I'm going to go back and remind myself. You know what? It doesn't matter what the rest of the world does, and it doesn't matter how the rest of the world acts, and it doesn't even matter if the people around you are the biggest jerks on the face of the earth. You are a child of God, and you need to respond to troubled times as a child of God. Praise God. It's going over like a lead balloon. Maybe it's because it's where we live. Amen. We don't lay aside who we are because the times are too tough. That's when we ought to show who we are. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. That means when the waiter or the waitress at the restaurant doesn't do what you want them to do, you ought to tip them double. I know that aggravates some people, but that's, you know what, I'd rather smother them with kindness and love. Amen. Oh, not me, brother You, They're going to get an earful from me. They're going to know what I think. Well, go ahead and tell them that. But I promise you, you're never going to win anybody to God by telling them what you think. What you need to do is show some love in your heart and let them know that love can cover a multitude of faults, even your faults, and I'm not going to stop being a Christian just because you decided to be a jerk. Praise God. That's pretty good preaching. <laughs> Amen. Everybody say my duty. It's settled. It's fixed. I want to be a child of God. Is it going to get better? No. It's going to get worse before it gets better. 
Amen. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Antichrist, the spirits of the age, the day, it's not going to get easier. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't be surprised that in the very near future that to be in this place is going to be the biggest challenge of your life because everything in the world is conspiring to try to destroy the influence of the church. And even our government is working right now to destroy the influence of the church over our community. And the day may come where you don't have the privilege and it's going to have to be known now what I'm going to be in that day and I want to have a heart that is fixed. Amen. The second area that you and I need to be fixed in is our knowledge. Amen. I want to be fixed in my knowledge. What I know and what I believe is not convenient. It's not up for grabs. It's not up for debate. I don't want something that just makes me feel good. I want something that makes me good. And I want to hold on to that. I'm not going to play with what I know in an hour like this. The last thing I need to be doing in troubled time is debating whether it's worth it or not. Folks, it is worth it. Go back and read that psalm. The blessings of a, of a man who has walked before God. I'm telling you that it pays to serve God. It pays to live right. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. That delighteth greatly in his commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Oh, folks, it does pay to live for God. It does pay to be faithful to God. So I don't want to become wishy-washy in this kind of hour about what I believe. Amen. I want to know that God's hand is still in control. And I'm not going to question in the dark what God showed me in the light. Amen. I'm not going to question in the night the things that God spoke to me in the daytime. Amen. There are times when God speaks to us and He shows us the things that we need to do. When I get in a bind, I don't want to start arguing with the things that God spoke to me in those moments when my mind was clear and I was in my right mind. Because life can put you in a place and so much pressure mounts up on you. You're not in your right mind. Don't compromise when you're in moments like that what God talked to you about when you were in your right mind. When your mind was clear and there were no pressures on you. You didn't feel, you didn't have any bad news coming in. But you said, you know what, God, I know who you are. And I know that your hand is upon this world And it is not fate or chance, it's not accident, it's not mistake, it's not luck that's going to get me through. It's God that's going to get me through and it's God that's going to make sure that all things work together for the good to them who are the call according to his purpose. Yes, God is going to see me through, fixed in what I know. Everybody say, I want to be fixed in what I know. 
Amen. God is always wise and He will always do good. And God rules no matter what anybody else says. God still rules and He rules wisely. Amen. When the pressure's on and bad news is coming in, here's a man who is unfazed because what he knows is not up for grabs. It's not up for debate. It's not up for reconsideration. Settle it in your heart what you know. I know this, that God is faithful. I know that God is merciful. And I know that God will not put more on me than I can bear. And so if it's still there, God must see more in me than I see in myself. Amen. Maybe you need to start having the faith of God. Praise God. Now, folks, if that verse isn't true, that he will not put more on you than you can bear, then none of the rest of it's true. So if, if you're in a pressure situation and evil tidings keep coming, then evidently God must see something in you you don't see in yourself. And he sees a man or a woman that has the strength to stand no matter what happens and be unshaken because the heart has been fixed. The heart has been fixed. It is prepared for such an hour. And I'm going to close. The third thing that I need to be fixed in is my resignation. That's a strange word to use, but it really describes the feelings of my heart. I have resigned myself to Him. What is all to Thee? I surrender. I surrender all. Resign to Him. What, one, one, of, one of the old songs, I don't remember the name of it, but it has a phrase in there. I now resign. I have been, I have been redeemed. Is that the, that the one I'm thinking of? Somebody help me. I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory. Christ is mine. My all to Him I now resign. Can you get those words up there? I need that. That's good. I'm redeemed by love, by blood divine, by love divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine. Now to Him, my all, I resign. I have been, I have been redeemed. Resigning means that when you surrender to Him, you don't go back and take what you surrendered to Him off of the altar and say, No, God, not now. You see, when Abraham accepted the call of God on his life, he didn't know what all that call was going to involve. He just knew God said, you're going to have son, you're going to have children, you're going to have seed. It's going to be like the stars of the sky. And Abraham believed that. And the Bible said it was, it was accounted unto him for righteousness. He believed God. And so he stepped out and he leaves Ur of the Chaldees, his home, and he makes his way to a land of promise where God said, I'm going to give you this land and then I'm going to make of you a great nation. What a wonderful promise. 
And those promises are intoxicating. I, I mean, we shout about those things. But folks, sometimes you have to live through a nightmare to get to the promise. And the nightmare came when the Lord spoke to him one day and said, Abraham, I want you to take your son Isaac, your only son, and I want you to go to the mountain and I want you to offer him as a sacrifice. Abraham didn't sit down at the table and say, oh, come on, God, we've got to negotiate this. We've got to work this out. He didn't read, you don't read one protest of Abraham. You don't read him arguing with God. You don't read him stalling or stopping or hesitating. He turns to his servants and he prepares himself and he makes the journey with Isaac, his son. And when he gets to the mountain, he leaves behind the servants and he said, Come on, Isaac, we're going to worship and we'll come again little knowing what all he was saying. And when he gets to the mountain, Isaac says, Dad, here's the wood and here's the altar. Where's the sacrifice? You're the sacrifice. You see, Abraham settled something a long time ago before he ever left Ur. I surrender it all to God. And so now here I am in the midst of this situation that I don't know what to do with. But you know what? It's still surrendered to God. It's still God's. And if God so chooses to let this knife pierce my son and take his life, then God will raise him back up. Because that's just the way God is. God keeps his promise. And God said this is the son that's going to be the seed that's going to be multiplied. And the nations of the world are going to be blessed. And so Abraham doesn't pull back from his commitment. And he doesn't pull back from his, his, his word to God. He said, Lord, I said it and I'm going to keep my word. I'm going to live by those things that I have committed to you. How important it is when bad news begins to come in that we don't stop and try to renegotiate with God about our commitment to Him. Am I making sense to anybody here tonight? Am I talking to anybody that's living in a situation right now where if you could renegotiate, <laughs> oh, but you know what? I made a promise to God. And I'm going to keep that promise. I stand by my surrender, even if it means offering my only son as a sacrifice. I'm not going to take back what I have committed to him. My Lord have mercy. How many people have come to an altar in desperate straits? Their life was on the rocks. And they said, God, if you'll just get me out of this, I'll do anything you want me to do. I'll serve you. I'll be faithful to you. I'll do anything you want me to do. And God gets them out. And then somewhere down the road, things change. Things lighten up. It's not as hard now. And so I start renegotiating that all that I committed to him back then. And all of a sudden, God calls our hand. I want to see whether or not you really meant what you said back then. And so he puts us in a situation in the present hour where our commitment is called back before him. 
You know what? In an hour like that, I want to be like this man in Psalms. I want to stick by my commitment. God, I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know how you're going to make it work. But I am convinced that what I have committed to you against that day, you're going to keep it. Amen. Praise God. Folks, it's not time to be renegotiating your contract with God. You signed it. When you repented, you need to stick by it because he's sticking by his word. Amen. And so I have to have a fixed heart when it comes to what I am resigned to. I am resigned to him. And I'm not going to take back those things that I have committed to him. I'm going to give it up to him every day. You know what? This is a secret of life. You can stand with me. I'm I'm through. But this is a real secret of, of the overcoming life. Is that if you will get up every day and give it all to Him, when He finally decides to take you up on your offer, it will not be hard to let it go. Because you've already given it to him. Amen. Do you understand tonight that God will help you outride any storm if you stay with him? He will help you outride any situation. How I live and how I react in hours of pressure and problems is so important. And I want, I want to be resigned. I'm not going back on what I committed to Him. Amen. No guarantee of a long life. No guarantee of tomorrow. So I'm going to live every day surrendered to Him. And if you give it all up to Him every day, it will not be hard to give it up when He takes it. Amen. Amen. Put those words back up. I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory. Christ is mine. All to him I now resign. I have been, I have been redeemed. I want my heart to be fixed. I want it to be settled and prepared that no matter what happens, I'm not going back and I'm not going away. Amen. I'm not going to stop praying. I'm not going to stop worshiping. I'm not going to stop coming to the house of God. Amen. Will somebody lift your hands and say that with me right now? God, I want a fixed fixed heart. I want to settle it in my mind. God, I'm not up for renegotiating. I'm not up, Lord, to go back and... And redo the deal. I just want to reseal the deal with you tonight, God. I give you my heart. I give you my all. I give you everything that I am. I want to serve you, Lord. I I want to love you. I want to live for you. I want to be faithful to you, God. I want to be a Christian no matter what the situation. No matter how bad the day might be, God. I want to always be a child of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah.